Well, welcome back. Welcome anew to the Further Faster podcast. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and I'll be your host, your guide, and maybe even your mentor on this leg of your journey in doing exactly what the title implies, and that is to go further faster, to get what you want sooner rather than later, and become what we call wealthy. And around here, wealthy means to be healthy, happy, and financially abundant. And today's topic, what I'm going to talk about, now usually I talk about one of the three, healthy, happy, or financially abundant, or one of my guests brings that up as well. But today I'm going to talk to you about something that is going to enhance all three of them, no matter what you do. I'm going to show you how to use your unconscious brain to set yourself up for a day of abundance. So grab a pad and paper, and I'll be right back with the Further Faster podcast. So have you ever noticed that there's some people that life seems to be, let's just say, a little bit different than the rest of us? <laughs> the ball always seems to bounce in their favor. They seem a little bit luckier, or a lot luckier than the rest of us. Things seem to go their way. You know, the soccer mom who, who starts a business uh, from nowhere and, and all of a sudden it blows up and goes crazy, but she doesn't just do it once, but she does it over and over again. And, you know, we all heard, have heard those sayings that the rich get richer and the, the, the more you have, the more you get and all those things. But what if I told you that there's something that those people are doing knowingly or unknowingly that sets them up to be that way so that they think differently? And because they think differently, things happen for them differently. Now, set aside the fact that what happens to all of us when we think differently, we, we be actually become a magnet to the thing that we want or don't want. Set aside that for the second. And by the way, this is not the, the laws of attraction or any of that stuff. That's all great stuff, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about science here. And I'm going to start off by saying this. Years ago, what set me on my path of personal development, if you will, it was out of necessity because I was at the bottom of my life. I was absolutely homeless, living in a cardboard box, and somebody gave me a gift, somebody that I didn't know it was a kind person. They gave me the gift, and the gift was a book called Think and Grow Rich. Now, if you haven't read the book, you got to grab it and read it. It is the the um, it is at least in the top 10 best-selling books of all times, period, but then also definitely in the top three or five, in my opinion, of the uh, personal development books of all times. And to give you a little background on the book, it was written in 1937, or it was published in 1937. And it was written by a, a, an amazing man. His name was Napoleon Hill. And Napoleon Hill was contracted or commissioned by one of the wealthiest and richest men at the time, his name was Andrew Carnegie. And Andrew Carnegie said, listen, I want you to write this book. And I want you to write this book by, and here's how I want you to write it. I want you to interview other successful men and women and find out what they all have in common. I want you to put it in this book. And so that's what he did. And so he went around and he interviewed people for a couple years and he found a couple things in common with them. Well, I'm not going to go through the book because that's not what this is about. But what it is about is some of the things that he taught us in there was how to access a part of our brain that we most of us never think about. As a matter of fact, 90%, 99% of us never think about it because it is, wait for it, unconscious. 
Yes, it is our other than conscious mind. And just so you know, your other, other than conscious mind is the smartest part of you. It's the part that holds all of your memories. Everything you've ever touched, tasted, smelled, experienced is back there somewhere. It's a part that makes your heart beat thousands of times, you know, you know, hundreds of thousands of times every day in, in order to keep you alive. Your cells dividing and, and all the things that happen without you having to think about it. And so today I'm going to talk to you about how to tap into that, to utilize it, to start changing yourself and things around you as well. And so back to the book. The name of the book is called Think and Grow Rich. Now, in the book, he had some exercises to do, and he didn't explain why these things worked in great detail. He said, just do them. And I was desperate, like I said, so I just did them. And it wasn't overnight, it took a few weeks, but things started to change in my life. And as a result, I practiced those things. I did them over and over again, and I started to think and feel and do differently. And as a result, my life started to change. Now, as my story goes, I went back to the gentleman and asked him, how do I repay you? How do I repay you for what you've done for me? And what he said to me was, Joseph, you just do, you repay me by doing what I did for you. You help as many people as you possibly can. And that's why we have this podcast and why I do what I do. But the reason I'm sharing this with you today is because did you know, for those of you that read the book, that was not the original title of the book. And by the book, by the way, it was a runaway success right from the very beginning. And obviously, some of it was because such a great title. Now, again, I, I'm going to tell you that before I tell you and, and talk to you about what I'm going to tell you, I just did the exercises in the book. And I didn't, you don't have to understand everything that I'm going to talk about because he didn't explain it. And as time went on, as I started to study human beings, and I started to get my formal education, I started to realize, well, this is why this works. And this is why this happens. And what he talked to us about, he did say that, listen, we need to tap into your unconscious mind. Now, mind you this, that in 1937, this was really unicorns and crystals and rainbows and really off off course and outside of the box of anything that was being taught in those days. And as a matter of fact, religious groups uh, persecuted him and came after him and said things and so on and so forth. And the book almost got banned at one point. And for those of you that have read the book, you might not know this, but that book was twice as big as it was. You're only getting half of that, half of the original book. Matter of fact, I'll make another episode on the second part of that book because it just came out in 2011. And it was a pretty blow mind, the rest of the book. And part of the reason was, was because it was so abstract at the time, this whole concept of your other than conscious mind and all of those things that he talked about, that they, that the publishers of the book decided, listen, we can't put this out. That will freak too many people out and it will, it won't, it won't sell. But Napoleon Hill, after writing a book and going through all the stuff was tasked with coming up with a title for the book. And what he said was this, he said that, and by the way, don't quote me on this, but I believe the original title that he had been working with was how to use your noodle to get the caboodle or something like that. Don't quote me on that. I didn't get to do the research. I could actually, I did some research and I couldn't find it, but I remember him saying and telling part of this story that I'm telling here about how that that's what it was. And he knew we had to get a better title. He knew he had to get a better title. And so he thought to himself, well, why don't I practice what I preach? And what he did was before he went to sleep that night, 
He told himself and he wrote it down. He said, when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to have the perfect title for this book and it's going to encompass everything and it's going to be beautiful and it's going to make a book that is everybody's going to want to read. And he did something that I'm going to tell you to do later on. He went to sleep and he woke up in the morning. Boom. And there it was. Think and grow rich. Greatest title of all times in terms of that genre. And of course, the rest is history. Now, Put that aside uh, for a second, along with the magnetism that I just talked about. I'll come back to that here for a second. And let me tell you the physics behind that, the, the human physics behind that, the biology behind that, the, the psychology behind all of that. You see, here's what happens. When we go to sleep, several things happen. Obviously, that is the time that our body replenishes itself and rebuilds itself and exchanges you know, the good for the bad and, and all of those things when we go to sleep. Our body does those things governed by our unconscious mind and so many other things that happen. But most of us don't realize that also when we go to sleep, our brain does something. We go unconscious. That's, that's what sleep is. We're not conscious. We're not aware that the, that the air conditioner is on. We're not aware and we're not even thinking about uh, uh, you know, consciously what's going on around us. We're out cold. I don't know about you, but, you know, myself, when I, when I go to sleep, I drop like a shot buffalo. I am out. I travel a lot, not as much as I used to before the pandemic, but I get on an airplane. I park myself in the seat and I go to sleep. I'm asleep before the airplane even takes off. And I don't wake up until the airplane touches down. Now, nowadays, the flight attendants usually leave me alone. But in the, old, other day, in the olden days, they used to shake me and wake me up. So I made a little sign that said, and I would actually tell them, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to sleep. Just leave me alone. And when I go to sleep on an airplane, I can sleep for eight hours, nine hours, nonstop at home. It's like four and a half, five hours. That's just my thing. But either way, I'm asleep. And what's happening while you're sleeping inside your head is a chemical, is a biochemical storm going on. What's happening inside of your brain is you are reiterating and making new neuro connections and neuro associations. There is a fascinating video. It's on YouTube. I saw it just a little while ago, and it was a video of how they got this, how they captured this, they you know, put a camera in somebody's brain or whatever. And what they showed was neuro connections. Let's just say they were like two pieces of string. Because most of us think that when we remember something or we think of something or, or something stimulates us, it's just this electrical uh, uh, circuitry or this electrical spark that goes from one end of the brain. Well, no, it's actually a physical thing that happens. Those, those, uh, those uh, neural connections actually touch. And when they touch enough times, they, they perform, they, they create a connection and they become one thing. And so... What they did was they, they, they had a person, and by the way, that point of memory, that point where you learn something is when those things actually grow together. But what they're showing is they're showing these two, these two uh, neural connections, let's just call them nerves for right now, they're in the brain, and they're moving closer and closer to each other. And when they get really close together, all of a sudden, they, they come together. And just like the tails on, or the hair tails on the movie, uh, or what was it, um, uh, Avatar, you know, when they connected the, the, uh, the, their, their tail that was on their head to the tail that was on uh, the uh, animal's head or whatever, their dragon that they were flying around in with or the horse, the, you know, six-legged horse, it would connect and they would become one. Well, think of it that way. That's what happens inside your brain. 
Well, guess when it happens the most? When we're asleep, when we're not conscious. And what happens is, and we've all experienced this, I know you have, that just before you go to sleep, you come up with these great ideas. And you come up with these great ideas and you go, oh, tomorrow I'm going to remember that. Tomorrow that is going to be, that is going to be, you know, something I, and I won't forget. And what happens? Tomorrow morning you always forget about it. You always go, what was that? And if you even remember it at all. What happens at night is your brain does several things. One of them is it gets rid of all of the useless stuff that it stored stuff that it already knows, stuff that it, it needs. It gets rid of all of those, the useless things. But what it does is it also fortifies whatever you set up for the day, the thing that impacted you emotionally during the day. And let me give you an example of proof of that. We've all had dreams that when we wake up in the morning, we realize that we had that dream because of something, it, it had something to do with something that happened during that day. Oftentimes, like if we go see a, a movie that we get emotional about or something happens during the day, it doesn't mean that the that we're going to actually relive that exact same thing. But you know you dreamt that because this happened. You know you dreamt that because something happened during that day or something before that impacted you in such a way that you at least got some sort of emotional stimulation about it. So your brain, while it was replaying it, goes, okay, well, let's put this together with this and it made a movie out of it. But what you don't know you might not know is when you wake up in the morning because you woke up with that now you have neuro connections because you woke up with it that what i was talking about your brain has made a neuro connection and it's with you and you remember it more and if you work on it and if you do it enough times that if that which let's just say they're like a little thread in the very beginning turns into a steel cable. If you do it enough times, it becomes part of who you are. And that changes how you consciously think. So what you're doing is through your unconscious mind, you're programming your conscious mind to think a certain way more often. And the more often you do it, then remember, around here we say, think, feel, do, have. As a matter of fact, the poem I always like to or, or, or saying I like to have people memorize, even in seminars, as I think, so I feel, as I feel, so I do, and as I do, so I have. And that is how we function as human beings. So if you can program yourself to think a certain way, then guess what? You are going to feel that way, and you're going to do that way, said different, and you're going to produce results that way, said differently. Let's just say, because remember what I said, wealthiness is health, happy, and financially abundant. So let's use health for an example. And let's just say you got some weight to lose. Let's just say you got, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 pounds that you, you got to lose. And you know that the only way you're going to lose it is to quit putting so much cake <laughs> in your pie hole, stop eating so much, and then move your body. And more specific, you know, if you put the right kinds of food in your body at the right times and you move your body the right way or very specific way, you're going to do it even faster. That's not rocket science. It's everywhere. You can find diets and exercise programs everywhere. But the challenge is, even though we know that, we don't do what we know. That's common sense. And what we found through time is common sense is not that common, is it? Because, because if it was, then you would do what you know. Most people know what to do, but we don't do what we know. But here's the reason why. Because in the moment when it's time to do what we need to, should to, would to do to get the result that we know we want, and we want to do it faster, 
in that moment, our brain reverts back to how it has always thought. I'll do it tomorrow. Or I'm not strong enough to do this. Or it's no big deal. Or um, whatever that brain is thinking in that moment has been programmed to be that way. Well, part of the reason I'm telling you this, and as I said in the beginning, that those people that, that their lives seem to be luckier than others, I'm one of them at the risk of sounding arrogant. And it wasn't always this way. I told you I was homeless. I'm one of those people that I expect life to show up differently and life to show up more abundantly with, with me because of this process that I'm about to share with you that I learned from Napoleon Hill. I learned now how it works and I started doing it and I have continued to do it and I'm going to encourage you to do it as well. How to impact and how to, how to imprint your nervous system, or I'm sorry, your unconscious mind so that it impacts your nervous system, which is your feeling. So it impact in terms, it impacts your behavior. So that Im impacts what you get. So said differently that, that it, again, I'm, I always use things like making money or losing weight because it's kind of low hanging fruit and everybody can, uh, everybody can relate to it and everybody can understand it. That while you're asleep, Remember what I said, the brain, it goes back and it identifies with what it already knows and it gets rid of the junk that it doesn't, it doesn't need. But what it identifies with is most important who you are and what you're going to do. What it does while you're asleep is it says, I am, and whatever you have decided you are, consciously or unconsciously, it reminds itself this, yes, I'm a mother. I'm a father. I'm a businessman. I'm a loser. I'm a winner. I'm despicable. I'm great. I'm not, and everything in between there, the, mo the one that is repeated the most, the one that we believe the most, is the one that is in our unconscious the most, that is set there. That's called your identity. And it is always the first thing. And if you've heard me talk about this before, that is your psychology. See, most of the time when we hear the word psychology, most of us, we, we don't know exactly what that means. Oh, yeah, it's just the way I think. Well, around here, it's something different. Around here, it's more specific. And it's part of what we call neuroencoding. And neuroencoding is just the, a, a process, if you will, to program yourself so that you automatically default to your best behavior, your best thoughts, conscious and unconscious. And so psychology means... Your thoughts, your consistent thoughts, meaning pictures and images that you have about yourself first. And that is the biggest part. If I was to say, if I was going to put ratios to it, that is 70 to 75% of your psychology, what you think of yourself. Because that will influence the, the, the next, I'm going to say, let's say it's, it's, it's uh, uh, let's, let's call it 60% for easy math. Okay. It'll influence the other 20% which is what you think of other people. Well, you think about what other people you think, you know, the people are this, people are that, you know, this person is that, this is that. And then the other 20% is what you think about your environment or the world around you. That is what your, that is what your psychology thinks of and consists of. And that's what everybody's is. So as a psychologist, when people come to me, guess one of the things I want to find out, what do you think about yourself? What do you think? You know, and, and through process, often I'll find out exactly what they think, because most people, people never, ever even think about it. 
We assume these roles of mother, father, sister, brother, whatever. We assume these roles of being a boss or an employee or, or a child or a, whatever. We assume those things just because society says we're things. But very few of us ever sit down and say, I am this. I am that. Now, if you've been in seminars with me, or especially at leadership uh, type se- uh, seminars, we actually embed that in ourselves. And that's part of what we're going to do when we come back from the break here shortly. It's for you to deliberately decide ahead of time, because the way the brain works is repetition is the mother of all skill. Whatever you repeat over and over again, I call it human physics, will become who you are. You're going to get better at it. You'll think more of that. But around here, this is not let's do it in time. This is further, faster. (laughs) And so what I'm going to show you is how to embed it inside your brain at a specific time so that it starts to show up that way. Now, we're going to take a short break here in just a moment. But before you do, I want you to know that uh, you maybe have heard me say this a thousand times. I don't teach theory. At the risk of sounding arrogant, I am evidence of what I'm about to share with you works. I was literally homeless. I was, at the, And by the way, homeless and suicidal. So imagine what my psychology was at the time. Imagine how I felt about myself. Imagine how I, what I felt about other people. Imagine what I felt about the world around me. That's what dominated me. And by the way, it dominates so many people now because we're influenced to be that way. We're influenced by media, by, by, our, by social media, by all this stuff to believe these certain things about ourselves. We see all these other people that are you know, having all these great lives and they look great and they feel great and all this stuff and everything. And we go, oh, that's not me. There's something wrong with me. Well, hang around. I'll be right back after this break because I'm going to give you the exact process to do to stimulate your unconscious mind so that it produces the types of thoughts that are going to create the ideal you on the outside. I'll be right back. Hey, what's good? It's me, Joseph McClendon III. And let me get real with you just for a second. Now, you've probably heard me talk about this before, something that I call the thieves of our dreams. Procrastination, hesitation, fear of failure, fear of success, self-doubt, self-loathing, imposter syndrome, and fear of rejection. Well, let me ask you a question. What if you could not only retrain your brain and your nervous system to automatically default to your absolute best thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, but you could also do the same for others that are going through difficult times and challenges in their own lives and things that are stopping them from creating the the life of their desires. Well, this is what I call neuroencoding. And at the risk of sounding arrogant, these are the same tools, methods, and strategies in neuroscience that I've used to operate in the upper 5% of all of my own businesses, especially as a coach, a speaker, and a presenter for the last 30 plus years. The Neuroencoding Institute provides you with the knowledge, the tools, and unmatched support to become a certified neuroencoding specialist and guide you to the life of wealthiness. And remember, wealthy means to be healthy, happy, and financially abundant. Go to neuroencoding coding.com to speak to an enrollment specialist today and i look forward to serving you at the highest level you're enjoying this episode on angel phoenix productions podcast network to explore a complete lineup of quality programs and media production services head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our facebook page at facebook.com forward slash angel phoenix productions Well, welcome back. Welcome back. I hope I sufficiently cliff hung you enough 
to be here for this session right now because this is really, really important. This is something that, again, I've been doing it for years and years. I'm going to call it one of my major secret weapons, and that is how to program your brain utilizing what Napoleon Hill taught in the very beginning. And that is before you go to sleep every night, just like I said what your brain while you are asleep is going to be doing is it is going to be, let's just say, making sense of and making and, and embedding it and putting it in those slots in your memory banks while you're asleep. Unconsciously, your brain is going to do it on its own. It, it, it cannot not work. That's just the way that it is. Because here's what most people do before we go to sleep. Unfortunately, here's what most people do. They will have a lot of people go to sleep with the television on before they go to sleep. As a matter of fact, years ago, they built into televisions an, a, a, a function called sleep so that you could go, you could push this button and in 15 minutes or 20 minutes, the TV was going to automatically shut off so that you could go to sleep watching a program and then and not have to wake up to shut the TV off. It would shut itself off on its own. Now, there are a lot of people that do that. They go to sleep watching their favorite show or YouTube or whatever. And some people go through, go to sleep scrolling through their phone. And they put their phone down and then they go to sleep. But well, what do you think the brain does with that type of information if that's the last thing that you did? That's what it goes to work on. That's the input that you've given it. That's the input that it's going to take and it's going to make some sense of and put it all together and mesh it in with everything else that you've got. And, and most of that stuff is confusing at the very least. Worst case scenario is, in, and I, I, I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a minute, and that is that here's what happens, is that, that television, social media, and all of those things, by the way, I'm not saying don't use those things, I'm just saying be selective in what you're going to use, what you're going to view, and the timing that you do it. All of that stuff is designed to keep you in what's called your sympathetic nervous system. More specifically, your autonomic nervous system, which is fight or flight. Now, fight, when most people feel that, they feel, would hear that, they go, it's like, okay, I got to get up right now, and they got to do something right now. Yeah, well, there's everything in between. There's the mild fight or flight, and there's get the hell up out of here or, you know, swing some, throw some punches or throw a spear or whatever. But what television and, and the media and all these things, and, and even the comedies that you look at, they're designed to keep you stressed, to keep you watching that, to keep you on that edge. What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? If you go to sleep that way, then what happens is that's what your brain digests. So instead, here it comes. So instead, here's what you do. Now, Napoleon Hill used to have us write down our goals and read it two or three times, uh, or, or sorry, once when you wake up in the morning and once right before you go to sleep. Read your goals. And that was it. And he would say, get excited about it. Matter of fact, his, his formula was knowing what you want, meaning your goals, he called it definiteness of purpose. Mixed with belief, mixed with emotion, makes things happen. That's all he said. He didn't say, here's how the brain works, all that stuff. He just goes, here, you just do this. And that's what I did. Now, at the time, obviously, I was broke and didn't have a house. So I wrote down, I wanted to have a house. I want to have money. And like I said, within a couple of weeks, I had both. And it wasn't because something magically stopped, dropped out of the sky. However, I will say things started happening for me differently. That's the whole magnetic side that I, I said over here for, uh, to the side for a second. But I will tell you this. I started to feel better about myself. I started to have more 
optimism. And remember, optimism means to be to have more options and think of, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. I could, I started to think of myself differently, what I could do differently, what people were doing differently. And all I did was read my goals at night. So we're going to step it up because this is further faster. So here's your assignment. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's your assignment tonight and starting tonight, set tomorrow up today. And you can do it in your goals, meaning here's what I want. And I'll tell you how to, how, to, how to word that here in a second. And here's what I can, I'm going to do tomorrow. And let's just say going back to losing weight or getting to the ideal of the weight that, that you want. You would write down on or before, say, 30 days or 40 days or 90 days from now, my ideal weight will be 150 pounds or 160 pounds or 140, whatever it is. I will have energy. I will be. I, I will be excited about myself and all these things. That's what you're going to write down. You write it in the positive, positive. and then you say uh, next thing that you're going to write down. And by the way, you want to write this. Don't type it in your phone. I want you to write it on a piece of paper. Get yourself a journal. What you write is what you invite. You write down. I will go to the gym. I will eat these foods. I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. And here's what you do. Once you've written it down, you take the time. You do this before you go to sleep, and then you read it out loud. And then you use your imagination. Your imagination is the strongest tool that you have for creating a future. Everything, the, everything in your world outside of your body came from somebody's imagination. The car you drive, the whatever instrument that you're looking at me or listening to me on right now. Everything came from somebody's imagination. It is the most powerful tool for, for, tool for predicting the future, but it is the most underused tool that people, that, that, that people underuse. <laughs> and so what you're going to be doing is you're going to be telling yourself, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I want. Here's what I'm going to do. Put a smile on your face because remember, knowing what you want, that's the goal. Plus, knowing what you mix with excitement, put, all you have to do is put a smile on your face as you're doing it. Most people, when you go to sleep, when was the last time you deliberately put a smile on your face? Most people never. When you crawl in bed tonight, get, do what I did, crawl in bed, read your goal, read what you're going to do. I'm going to eat this. I'm going to start this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this and put a smile on your face while you do it and allow yourself to imagine it. Now, here's what's going to happen. Yes, it is going to keep you awake just a little bit longer. But as you start to go to sleep, here's what you're going to start to notice almost immediately is that your brain is going to start thinking differently and it's going to do several things. It's going to go, you're going to, you're full of crap. You can't do this. It's going to fight itself for a second. But as you do, you just read it again with a smile on your face. Cause here's what happens. Anytime you smile, anytime those eyebrows go up, if you're looking at me right now, the brain releases dopamine, dopamine is that euphoric is that, is that hormone that makes us feel good. It's the reward and your brain is always going to go, what just happened that I got this dopamine release? And it says, oh, I read my goals and I felt good about it. Let's do it again. And it starts to do it automatically. And when you go to sleep, if you're watching me, Tales of, the, of uh, Avatar, they start to connect. You do this for 10 days in a row, then guess what? When it's time to exercise or when it's time to eat the proper food or when it's time to, when you're faced with eating a cake that you know is not going to be good for you, something starts to happen inside of you because you're changing your psychology physically. Your brain starts to go, I'm better than this. Your brain starts to go, I am this, I am that. And I'm going to tell you what mine is, by the way. 
And I and and, and what I write down, and I've I've written, I've I've revamped it several times. I say I, I've written this down. I, Joseph McClendon the Third, am a God-guided expression of health, wealth, happiness, and joy for myself and virtually everybody that I have the privilege of touching their lives. I say that to myself, and guess what? I read that out loud with a smile on my face every night. And guess who believes that stuff? Me. And if you'll if you'll notice what I just said, it includes all three things: myself, other people, and the world around me. Now, if that one works for you, please use it. Take it, use it, make it your own. And I will say, tomorrow, I've got a great podcast. I get to be with Christian. I get to do, and I say to myself, here's what I'm going to do. And it's as simple as looking at my freaking calendar and getting excited about tomorrow. Because what it's doing is right before I go to sleep in the most fertile times of, the, of our lives, uh, in terms of psychologically and our mental, is when we go to sleep. Think about those dreams that you've had. You've had dreams, you know, when you're in the middle of it, whether it's a nightmare or it is, uh, you know, one of those dreams where you get to fly or one of those special dreams, you know, the ones I'm talking about, sensual dreams. You believe it in the moment. You feel it. You feel like it's real in the moment. And where does it come from? It comes from your imagination and your brain is not freewheeling. It is picking and choosing. It's cherry picking the things, for the things that, that you got excited about through the day. Now, most of us have low level of excitement to the, during, through the day. Most people are not jumping up and down and yelling and screaming, yes, 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 I am. And I'm going to encourage you to do it. I have these little mini trampolines around my house called rebounders. Three, four, five, ten times a day, you'll find me jumping up and down on that thing with a smile on my face. I'm not saying you've got to do this, but I'm just telling you, as you start to become more excited about your life, you're programming yourself, you're making those new neuro associations and neural connections inside your brain, make your brain and go, go, go to work for you. And when I started doing this, you'll start to notice what happens to you. You'll start to notice that you start to shy away from some of that crap that's on, on television or on the news. And I'm not saying put, you know, because people always ask me, Joseph, so you don't watch any television? Of course I do. You know, I watch some of it, but I watch a little bit of it and then I get the hell on with life. So the, so the exercise is really, really simple. Write down who you are. Borrow mine if that works for you, but write down something else that serves you. Write down your goal, what you are, what you want, your weight, your money, your happiness, whatever it is. You, it is your privilege to do that. The story of your life gets to be written by whom? By you. Write it down. Write down what you're going to do tomorrow. And by the way, are you going to do it right away? Probably not. A lot of us know. You may procrastinate a little bit, but you won't beat yourself up. You go, oh, and it'll start to become automatic with you. This tool, this tool is so unbelievably powerful. And guess who's administering it? You. Because if I tell you something... You might believe me, but if you tell you something, you will believe me. So utilize your unconscious mind to tell you the greatest things in the world about you. You'll start to believe it. It'll become you. Lastly, I'll say, remember this, that life is always exactly what you dare to make it. And fortune, fortune favors the bold. Be bold enough to do this exercise. And I'll see you at the top. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.